Hello, and welcome to episode one of the Qualifier Report. I'm Stads, and I'm here to break down last week's qualifying round games from the 2022 Space Cats Peace Turtles Twilight Imperium Tournament. I'll be giving a brief overview of each qualifying game, including the draft. I'll try to keep it general for the most part, but the more pivotal points of the game will be covered in further depth. This is meant to be an overview for those who want to follow the tournament, but don't have time and energy to watch 80 qualifying games in their entirety. A couple disclaimers. There will be spoilers, both light and heavy. You have been warned. I can and will pronounce names improperly. Apologies in advance. My analysis is that of a mostly impartial observer, and thus the accuracy of my analysis is somewhat limited by my perspective. And before we start, one important note. A huge thank you to Matt, Hunter, and everyone else at SCPT for making this tournament possible. We start with game one. This game featured Gasuser, Rob Air, Barefoot, Lily Kitsune, Solarian, and AC underscore Anon. This game got Faction Seed 1, Argent, Krius, Empyrean, Mahakt, Nazaroka, Nomad, Titans, and Volrave. Nothing too unexpected happened in the draft. The first round of picks featured the Mama's Drama and Tom Hank slices, as well as Nomad, Titans, Nazaroka, and Volrave getting picked up. The game ended up having many power factions and slices well suited for them, and the objective flips of five ships in one system and two adjacent to Rex made scoring around one difficult, but not impossible. Titan started the game off with a bang, taking Hope's End, their equidistant with Cabal, with their first action. However, they came to a deal to avoid violence immediately. Cabal was able to take Sialdri's Xanact beside Rex and Titan's slice to score Intimidate Council easily, in return for Titans getting to keep Hope's End. Nazaroka with Trade managed to make some interesting relic deals that saw them getting Junior, the structure relic, while Empyrean got Crown of Thanos. Finally, towards the end, Nazaroka and Cabal support swapped. This left Titans feeling somewhat fearful of where the space dinosaurs were going to roam later. In the end, Titans, Cabal, and Nazaroka scored, getting a slight scoring tempo, while Nomad set themselves up nicely to take Custodians. Round 2 revealed two attachments as the objective. Cabal and Titans were able to make a deal where Cabal got Terraform and Titans kept the peace, as well as eventually being able to take the Terraform planet Sialdri back eventually. After taking Custodians, Nomad was pushed off Mechatol Rex by Cabal, who was aiming to get both a Rex Imperial point and double score five ships in one system and two attachments from the Terraform. The relics kept coming this round with Titans finding Dynamiscore and Nomad acquiring the Crown of Amphidia. The latter proved to be immediately pivotal when they found the Tomb of Amphidia soon after. Cabal managed to pull off their plan, ceding the Vega system to Nazaroka for Intimidate in the process. Argent and Titans quietly set themselves up to score, while Empyrean was unable to find a scorable objective and focused on Frontier exploring instead. Support swaps came out, Argent and Empyrean paired up, as did Nomad and Titans. Cabal, Titans, Nazaroka, and Empyrean scored secrets in the status phase, bringing Cabal to a commanding 6 points at the end of the round. With three tokens flipping as the next objective, in third and speaker order, they stood as a clear leader. The agenda phase started slow, but came to a quick crescendo with Ixvian Artifact flipping as the second agenda. As none of the players were monsters, it quickly went for. The dice gods decided that it would be tech for all. With all the power factions now being teched up, the game was already prepared for fireworks by round 3. Notable tech pickups included Warsun for Argent, Assault Cannon for Cabal, and both faction tech for Titans. Round 3 was where the table gathered strength. 
A brutal Nazaroka leadership stall set up most players for simple, short plans. Cabal sat quietly and scored three CCs. Argent muscled their way into scoring Intimidate Council, and Nomad attacked them through the beta to threaten enemies. The main event, though, was Empyrean playing Plagiarize on their Argent neighbor, copying the War Sun tech, building one, and sending it into Nomad Slice. After the dust settled, Cabal stood out in front at 7, with everyone except Empyrean right on their heels at 6. The script continued to give the players a hard time. The next objective to flip was spend free free free, while the second agenda to be revealed was economic equality. In an attempt to starve Cabal, nobody got any money. The fuse finally went off in round 4. In the first action of the round, Empyrean and their war son won a combat against Cabal over Rex that went down to the wire, sparking a rebellion in the process. However, Cabal was able to hold the ground on the galactic capital. A huge war broke out between Argent and Nazaroka for a variety of reasons, but revenge for the round free leadership stall foremost among them. Argent took Malice, Melon Zobat, and Archon Vale from the Tetrarchy. Nazaroka responded by using their Dominus Orb to take Argent's home system. Nomad and Empyrean licked their wounds. Titan set up a double scoring round of Imperial, but was unable to take Mechatel Rex. Cabal did not seem to find an action phase secret and finished the round at 9 points of Titans. Nomad, as speaker for the next round, was unable to score any publics and ended at 6. The war didn't stop Nazaroka from being able to score, while the Argent got their last secret, both ending at 8. Empyrean trailed at 5. With many, but not all factions needing a stage 2 objective to win, all eyes were on the reveal, spend 666. A nothing burger agenda phase set the stage for the final round. Nomad took leadership, setting themselves up to win if they could score their two secrets in hand and the two-pointer. Empyrean took Imperial, betting on a huge swing round. Argent took Diplomacy, putting themselves in a precarious but promising position. They had the easiest and clearest path to victory, with the two-pointer well within possibility, but they also needed to take their home system back. Cabal had the next best chances. If they drew a scoreball action phase secret, they'd be eligible to win on the spot. The early round featured the table trying to coordinate against Argent. Titans contributed by sending a Saturn Engine 2 through the beta wormhole to take star point. Nazoroka took Atlas, but then built at home, fortifying against anyone who might try to take shard of the throne if they drew it. Cabal, figuring they had no shot after Imperial didn't give them an action phase secret, sent Plastic against Nazaroka as retaliation for staying in the Vega system in the leadership stall. This unlocked Nazaroka's surviving fleet via the Empyrean Alliance, giving them more play. At the very end, Nazaroka used Junior to make a space dock at Atlas, used Sling Relay to build a Dreadnought, and used Stellar Converter to knock Argent one trade good away from scoring 666. Nazaroka then scored free command tokens and free space docks to seal it. Congratulations to Gasuser on the win. Game 2 featured Susan, Kyle Quarantine, Anachronistic Uranium, Magi, Reasonable and Fair Emperor, Lorender, and Drew Minus, Cosmic Meat. This game got Faction Seed 9. Argent, Jolnar, Barony, Nalu, Sardak, Titans, Cabal, and Yin. The draft was wild, with the Tom Hanks and Mama's Drama slices being taken first. Cabal, Titans, Argent, and Anti-Massachusetts rounded out the first round. The true craziness was that Jolnar was never picked, being left out beside Nalu. Corner the market and spend free 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 were the first objectives, giving very difficult but still possible avenues for the players to score. A fairly quiet round one ensued, with Diplo getting picked as the main source of opportunity. Cabal took speaker for themselves, setting up for a round two custodian's play. 
trade gave everyone an X-1, keeping things amicable early. Warfare popped on Barony's second action, letting everyone fill out their slices quickly. Cabal went for an early cruiser too, giving themselves early aggression capability. Argent was able to take Malice due to a Gamma Wormhole exploration. In the end, Argent, Sardak, Barony, and Yin were all able to score spend free free free. To go with the initial spend, the next objective to flip was push boundaries, setting up potential violence to come. In round 2, Cabal was able to finish their plan and take custodians, securing their early game. Titans went on the offensive with their first action, taking the unclaimed Torcan Tekaran in Sardak Slice, which also cut them off for Mechatol. Yin and Barony came to a deal, where Yin would be able to have Atlas, the equidistant, and score push boundaries with Imperial, while Barony would be able to take a Wriggle for 4 Industrial. Yin managed to double score by making a similar deal with their Cabal neighbor. Argent took advantage of Titans overextension and took Xanact from them, securing themselves four hazardous planets. Argent continued the aggression by taking Lore as well. Finally, a wondrous occasion happened when Mirage was found by an exploration probe in the supernova by Barony. Titans and Sardak were not able to score, but everyone else managed to continue keeping pace for the win. The objectives continued to attack everyone's economy, with eight resources flipping as the next objective. The agenda phase was largely uneventful, with Enforced Travel Ban killing only a couple PDS. Round 3 threw everyone for a curveball when Tech was not picked. Argent had some huge dice rolls when Titans tried to retaliate in their war by attacking Cormund. The lone Strike Wing Alpha 2 killed both Titans' infantry with its AFB roll, preventing Titans from taking the planet. Titans suffered a similar fate when they won the airspace but lost the ground combat at Malice. Argent continued on the warpath by taking Aang and then delivered the hammer blow by going for Elysium. Argent wiped the space combat easily, and then came up with a clutch blitz that let them take the planet with ease as the rest of the table looked on with a mix of sympathy and horror. Cabal scared the entire table by putting a dimensional tear on Mechatol and immediately building a huge fleet headed by their flagship. Yin used their hero very early, fortifying most of their planets and helping their economy immensely. Finally, Sardak took advantage of the Titan's Argent chaos and took undefended planets from both. Everyone except Titans managed to score, bringing Barony into the lead at 6, followed closely by Yin and Cabal at 5. The last stage 1 was two unit upgrades, making everyone rue the lack of tech in the previous round just a little bit more. Round 4 saw Cabal aggressively posturing for the lead. First, they attacked Barony to score Sparker Rebellion while Barony was still in the lead. They would have then flipped Imperial to be in a commanding position, but before they could, Sardak brought some Exos and cleared out the ground forces holding Rex. Barony attempted to save Titans from elimination by forming a zoo over Sealdrezanict, protecting their support partner with their dreadnoughts. Yin set themselves up by clearing out and taking Malice. Just before the end of the round, Argent used their hero and warfare to amass a huge fleet near Cabal's space armada and raised it into scrap following a devastating anti-fighter barrage. After scoring, there was a clear front of the pack, Cabal at 9, Yin at 9, Argent at 8, and everyone else, with 6 or fewer points. To complicate things, Titans had been made speaker, despite having only a support point to their name. Three unit upgrades flipped, with no one qualifying for it yet, setting up a tense battle to the finish in round 5. The first meaningful agenda of the game was Incentive Program, which resulted in Unify the Colonies, or six planets of the same trait, flipping, adding even more ways to win for everyone to think about.
In round 5, Barony ended up with Imperial at 6 points. Yin had leadership at 9, and Cabal had Diplo at 9. Sardak took technology to give themselves a path, but at the cost of giving Yin a locked-up win if they could hold their home system and do the technology secondary for a third unit upgrade. Yin's first action was to cover their home system in infantry, with their defenses anchored by the Van Gauge in orbit. Cabal would have tried to stop them, but unfortunately had no strategy token for warfare to send ships at Darien. Barony attempted to put together an action phase win, but with Titans finally being eliminated by Argent, they had no path despite them being able to score the two-pointer. Yin scored easily on initiative one to win the game. Congratulations to Magi, reasonable and fair emperor, on the win. Game three featured Murderous Troll, Engine 4, Yuba, Clutch Money Mat, Fresh Cut Grass, and Duty Dude 77. This game got Faction Seed 2. Arboric, Muat, Nalu, Necro, Sar, Winu, Yin, and Yasaro. A mostly standard draft took place. First pick took Speaker, followed by Mama's Drama, Sar, Tom Hanks, Yasarl, and Hope slash Winu. At the end, Yin, Nalu, and Live Free, or Gash Hard, were left unchosen. Winu started aggressively with Dark Energy Tap, which was rewarded with free edge systems and free command tokens coming out as the available objectives. Winu kept a good favor by doing X-1 with everyone at the table, giving everyone money to have a robust start. This let them get enough money to both tech to gravity drive and buy speaker from the Yasaral neighbor, at the cost of spreading themselves quite thin. A negotiated combat broke out when Muat sent a cruiser at a Yasaral system to score three on the edge. Yasaral's pilots almost ruined everything when they scored two hits, but a clutch shield's holding allowed them to both remain in good position to score. Arbrick quietly started growing strong, with Sarween boosted initial planet takes and found a gamma wormhole, opening up malice as well. In the end, everyone except Winu scored round one, meaning that it would be a tight, fast-paced game for all. An easily scorable 8 influence objective flipped only doubled down on the rushed feeling. Arbrick threw everyone for a loop when they, as last pick round two, picked Diplo, leaving tech and construction unpicked. Winu took Mechatol with their first action, bringing some mechs from home to fortify their grip on it. Arboric then rolled into Winu's Baron Slice, taking Cusin Raron commandingly. Sar cashed in the first relic of the game, finding a Dominus Orb to give the Weird Bears even more frightening offensive duels. After Sar then sent a moderate-sized fleet beside the Arboric home, just to make sure they scored, they claimed. Winu sent two destroyers at Arboric in their slice, securing the airspace around their home as well as setting themselves up to score. Everyone managed to score, and a bunch of secret objectives came out resulting in the whole table continuing to keep pace with one another. The spend objectives kept coming with eight resources being revealed, continuing the lightning pace of the game. The first agenda killed some ships via arms reduction, but the real consequential piece of legislation to get past was anti-intellectual revolution, due to Necro putting an Imperial Rider against. Together with the lack of tech in the second round, this would lead to a globally low-tech game. With the twin spend objectives and anti-intellectual revolution killing off a bunch of ships, round three proved to be cooperative and mostly bloodless. Some action phase secrets were scored through intense dealmaking. In the end, everyone was able to easily score. Winner remained lofty on Mechatol, but two Muat War Sons and a big escort fleet accompaniment looked ready to challenge them. At the end of the round, the game was still extremely close with Yasarl, Muat, Sar, and Necker at five points, and Winu and Arboric at four, with supports yet to be swapped. 
two unit upgrades flipped as the last stage one objective, complicating the tech situation one last time. The agenda phase again proved consequential, with Minister of War being secured and predicted by other players, by Arborik. Winu tried to bamboozle it away with a confounding legal text, but it was quickly sabotaged by the plants. Then, Ixfian Artifact appeared, went for, and went boom, destroying Winu's great fortifications as well as Samsar, Arborik, and Muat forces. In round 4, Winu had to take leadership to secure a Mechatel hero point before anyone else had an opportunity to take it. Arborik then rooted in there, and, backed up by the Winu alliance, managed to flip Imperial for a big swing on their next turn. Sar chose an asteroid field to hole up in, and supports finally got treated, albeit with Arborik getting left out, bringing everyone else a bit closer to the 10-point finish line. Towards the end of the round, Muat moved into Mechatol after some negotiations, securing it with a small, Warsunless fleet. Sar then popped the Dominus Orb to move their massive asteroid field fleet right beside the Winu home system, looming menacingly. At the end of the round, Winu and Yasarl stood just out in front at 8, while everyone else trailed at 7. With Master of the Sciences, two Tekken 4 colors flipping, it was unclear who could threaten a win. The agenda phase almost strayed into meaningful territory, but the table decided to pin a search warrant on Yasarl, who had already scored three secret objectives. Round 5 saw a sudden end to the game. Sar popped technology, giving Muat a chance to research a second unit upgrade and flip Imperial immediately thereafter, scoring a Rex point in their last stage 1 objective, reaching 9 points with one secret unscored. The table then sprung into action, trying to figure out how to prevent Muat from scoring their last secret. However, while much talk was had, no meaningful action took place, and Muat was able to easily score make an example of their world to win the game. The first tournament victory for Muat and POK, and decisively at that. Congratulations to Yuba on the win. Game 4 featured Chelios, Terminus DT, Bazad, Ardude96, Spage, and R4A5A88, Robert. This game got Faction Seed 4, Krios, L1Z1X, Mahakt, Nomad, Sar, Volrafe, Winu, and Extra. The draft started with an unusual first pick, the Red Slice Hope. This unusual prioritization continued with the Tom Hanks and Golden Corral slices getting picked up next. The draft ended up looking quite bizarre, with Sar as the last faction picked, and Winu and Extra being left on the sidelines, along with Live Free or Gash Hard. The objectives dictated a slower game, two techs in two colors, and three planets outside of home with structures flipped, making scoring round one almost impossible with these factions. A gentle, X-1 of dead meta trade approach by Sar to let everyone have a relaxed round 1 focused on growth and filling out slices, rather than scrambling to score. Without anyone stretching for an early custodian's play, the highlight of the round was ghosts finding the nanoforge relic and immediately placing it on Raron in their slice, giving them a wonderful token economy for the game. After no one scored, Expand Borders, six planets outside of home, flipped, giving everyone a bit of a reason to flex their muscles in the rounds to come. Round 2 started with a slight betrayal. Mahakt, having purchased Speaker but not first pick in the previous round, took leadership and custodians against their previous agreement with Cabal. The table responded in swift and brutal fashion. Nomad started the party by taking Baraglir to 4, while Cabal followed it up by using the Krius IFF to immediately attack Mahakt's home system, boosted by the cavalry. Sar then performed the coup de grace by taking Mechatel Rex with a full Sarball, although Mahakt was able to retreat out and keep some plastic on the board. Cabal continued the assault by taking the Vega system, 
bringing Mahak down to just one planet. However, while this display of horrific violence took place, the other five people still managed to score just fine, keeping things relatively even otherwise as the gentle free edge systems flipped for the next objective. The agenda phase, continuing the theme of the game, showed Minister of War, which went to Mahakt as the table pitied their existence and nobody else wanted the heat. Round 3 saw Mahakt building up in hope's end, keeping themselves alive for the moment. Nomad and Cabal made deals to leave Bariglerda and Ixf, considering the value they had already gotten from those planets to be enough. A mostly peaceful round ensued, with the only violent blip being L1Z1X, taking a mostly undefended Evera from Sar and taking Malice from Ghosts to secure four culturals in spectacular fashion. This also had the effect of blocking Ghosts from scoring a public that round, which set them back quite a bit. Four structures was the next objective to flip, favoring both L1's aggression and construction in general even more. The agenda phase got spicy when executive sanctions flipped, with a Nomad Imperial Rider, Mahakt Politics Rider, and L1 Sanction all against. A wild deal was then made where Sar got paid to send it against, sacrificing a token to give Nomad the point and Mahak the speaker. Cabal quietly profited as well, setting themselves up to take politics in the next round to be speaker for round 5. Round 4 featured an immediate record scratch as nobody picked construction, locking several players out of some key objectives. The game returned to violence as Sar's slice continued to get nibbled by L1 and Ghosts. This naturally turned to Sar's advantage when they were able to score Become a Martyr because of it. Sar, taking exception to getting nibbled at while Cabal loftily stood uncontested, broke support with Ghosts to retake their home system and push into Semlor. Ghosts retook Malice, support swapping with L1 after they retreated out. Cabal attempted to take Mechatel Rex, but Sar's ground forces managed to brave the odds and hold out. Nomad piled on by seemingly attempting to destroy Ghost's flagship above Quan, but the dice didn't manage to cooperate. Mahakt attempted to get revenge on Cabal by taking away a key edge system, but Cabal was able to find another one to score with. Finally, Ghosts pulled a crazy play where they swapped their retreated flagship with an empty alpha wormhole beside Mahak's home system, then flew through the hill Kalish from their home system to take Baraglir to 4 and score 6 planets. When the dust settled, a chaotic game showed Cabal, Nomad, and Krius at 6 points, trailed closely by L1 and Sar at 5. To complete the pattern, the stage 2 to flip was 5 non-home planets with structures. This greatly pleased the L1 player with their hero still up and lots of potential structures to assimilate. The agenda phase compensated for this by flipping classified document leaks, which Cabal negotiated to be their freed space dock secret to give them another path. Round 5 saw Volrafe take Imperial, giving themselves a shot to potentially win if they could take and hold Mechatol. The table responded by inflicting violence on each other, as Sar took Malice and Ghosts took Mahak's home system, subjecting Ixf to yet another foreign invader. Cabal was then able to take Rex and immediately flip Imperial with fleet logistics, getting themselves to 8 points with an unscored secret and tech stage 1 in the bag, albeit only scoring them at 8 initiative. Sar continued their war, capping it off by successfully taking Ghost's home system. L1 finally took the bull by the horns and brought a big fleet to Mechatol, easily taking it, assimilating the Cabal PDS there, and demonstrating their power while doing it. The table then coordinated a complex and powerful windslay to take down the space dinosaurs. First, Mahak took Meharzul, lifted their token there with warfare, and then took Primar from Cabal, leaving both Meharzul 
and an empty space beside Cabal's home system clear. Sar moved a dock into Meharzul using Dominus Orb, setting up a hero play that would zap Cabal's 12 fighters and 11 infantry. L1 teleported their flagship, four dreads, two mechs, four fighters, and three infantry to the empty space beside Cabal's home system. Sar scrubbed everything, L1 moved in, and Cabal was left without a home system and barely alive. L1 continued by taking Malice, which let them score five structures outside of home and seize an icon, bringing them to nine points. Cabal was able to still score their five action cards secret, bringing them to a tie at nine points, with Noma just one point behind. The agendas to show up were mostly uneventful, but Mahak decided to make things interesting by giving their support to Nomad, the one player who, in their eye, hadn't really screwed them over. However, L1 won the tiebreaker with Make History Flipping. Their control of Malice and Mechatol was sufficient to take it. Congratulations to Terminus DT on the win. Game 5 featured Bob C222, 8th Blackbird, Pac-Man, Space Tax Lawyer, Burner, the Bananarchist 271, and Badger B. This game got Faction Seed 10. Krius, Empyrean, Jolnar, Muat, Sardak, Nomad, Sol, and Extra. The draft was very slice-focused, with the first set of picks being Mama's Drama, Tom Hanks, Golden Corral, Hope, Sol, and Jolnar slash Speaker. In the end, Empyrean and Krius went unpicked, along with Live Free or Gash Hard. The game started off with an odd objective pairing. Three planets outside of home with structures and five trade goods. With every faction except Sardak being a four commodity faction, some intense trade negotiations were sure to take place. Curiously enough, politics went unpicked, last pick extra choosing to take Diplo over politics. The round started routinely enough, but a dark omen was seen when extra and Jolnar decided to swap alliances. Sardak and Sol responded to this by swapping supports, cementing the table divisions nice and early. Sol proved to be rather shrewd with trade. Jolnar and Nomad were required to give their promissory notes as part of a refresh, and Extra had to spend a token. After some deal-making, it ended with Extra, Sardak, Sol, and Jolnar all having five trade goods for a point. Next to flip was free tech specialties, setting up potential conflict for everyone except Sardak, who had that easily in their slice. Round 2 started with Sol grabbing leadership and taking custodians easily enough. They also bought a relic fragment which turned into the obsidian, making them a dangerous long-term threat already. Muat, who had taken warfare, decided to help clip their wings by slowly barreling into Mechatol. This turned out to be quite the affair, with Muat having to pay extra off to not fire Graviton PDS shots at a war set protected only by fighters. Once they'd paid up, though, Muat easily won with Sol retreating out. The round concluded with only Sardak, Jolnar, and Nomad able to score, slowing the game tempo down significantly, even more so when two unit upgrades flipped as the next objective. In the agenda phase, Nomad closely won a contested Minister of Industry appointment, driving the debate in the process. Then, Swords to Plowshares flipped, much to Sardak's delight, especially with them already having infantry too. The agenda ended up going against, giving everyone slightly more fortified planets. Round 3 proved to be a mostly quiet, reflective round. Nomad and Extra would swap supports, leaving Muat and Jolnar to do the same. Sardak easily flipped Imperial and set themselves up to score two publics, but did not get a Rex point. The only notable conflict was when Sol, intentionally aided by Jolnar to Counterstroke, took New Albion for Muat on the other side of the galaxy. While this was only Sol's second tech skip, 
it did end up scoring them stake your claim in the status phase. After everyone was able to score, the next objective foretold more conflict with push boundaries flipping. Sardak attempted to play political stability on Imperial, but Jolnar sabotaged it after being paid a trade agreement by Extra to do so. Sardak rebounded in the agenda phase by having compensated disarmament elected on one of their home planets to grant them seven trade goods. Round 4 proved to indeed have more violence. Sol used diplomacy on Starpoint New Albion with their first action, protecting their land grab from the previous round. Jolnar broke their peace with Extra by attempting to take Hope's End from them. This ended in catastrophe as Extra rolled 8 hits with Graviton, raising the entire fleet. Muat then broke support, attacking Jolnar on Semilor. Extra was the true winner there, netting free trade goods to not fire PDS. Nomad piled on Muat, attacking them at Atlas, but did not attempt to take the planet. Sol, who had just unlocked a huge flagship fleet with their hero, joined the party on Atlas, displacing Nomad and taking the planet from Muat. Muat found this whole affair rather bothersome, and proceeded to novaseed the entire system from existence. Jolnar retaliated against Muat also breaking support, and got cut to pieces by Muat's and Extra's PDS. Sol, continuing to push to score, took a Cohen from Muat. At the end, Sol, Extra, Nomad, and Sardak were able to score, leaving Sardak in the lead at 8, though with all Stage 1 scored and only one secret left. Sol and Extra trailed at 6, but with Sol's free secrets in hand and Extra's hero left to spin, the game was still quite open. The Stage 2 proved a problem for everyone except the poor Jolnar at 4 points two and four colors was revealed. A quiet agenda phase later, the stage was set for a mix of brutality, bribery, and gambling to decide the game. Jolnar picked Imperial, setting themselves up for insane swing round potential. Sol picked leadership, prioritizing the early scoring, and Sardak picked tech, angling towards somehow scoring the stage too. Muat was finally able to take New Albion back from Sol, but Sol responded by taking Muat's home system. Extra just started blasting, taking out Muat's naked war sun from afar with their PDS and scored destroy their greatest ship in the process. A critical transaction happened when Sardak purchased Muat's support for the front for some quantity of trade goods and perhaps despite the rest of the table for attacking them. Extra dug for gold with the politics primary, then spun their hero. Unfortunately, they only found one point in political censure, not enough to win that round. Sol burned Dominus Orb to send everything they could to Mechatol, braving four extra PDS shots in their victory. This betrayed a friend in the process, bringing Sol to 7 with 2 secrets left and 2 unit upgrades in their back pocket. Unfortunately for them, their hopes were pinned on become a martyr, and Muat ended up not taking their home system back. Sardak, after setting themselves up for a wide variety of secrets, then won the game with 5 dreads. Congratulations to Burner on the win. Game 6 featured Purple Puma, Izen Mania, Luzefs, Mike Alpha X-Ray, Zero Patience, and Keepsake. This game got Faction Seed 11, Argent, Mahakt, Nalu, Necro, Sar, Nazroka, Winu, and Yasarl. The draft was fairly standard. The Tom Hanks and Mama's Drama slices were selected first, followed by Speaker, Argent, Second Pick, and Sar slash Anti-Massachusetts. Livfree or Gashard was left unpicked yet again, as were Mahakt and Nalu. Winu started with Anti-Mass Deflectors due to an asteroid field on the way to Mechatol. Two easily scorable objectives in 8 influence and 4 structures flipped, sparking a fast-paced game with powerful factions. The spend objective coupled with an early technology flip left only Winu and Argent researching tech in round 1, while a gentle but late trade pop gave everyone money. 
The overall quiet round ended with a strange and wonderful deal. Necro paid Winu six trade goods for their support for the throne. Winu was able to take the equidistant and live safely, as well as get a nice cash infusion to score. Necro got a cold, hard point. Yusarl, Winu, and Nazaroka all scored, and expand borders flipped, giving a bit of conflict to everyone. In round two, Argent immediately took custodians, but was amicably kicked out by Sar and the two swapped supports. Necro was forced to pay Argent handsomely to avoid PDS fire as they filled out their slice. Nazaroka and Yasarl then swapped supports, leaving Necro's support as the definitive wild card for later. Sar tried to secure six planets with a sneaky strike for the Alpha Wormhole and Lodor, but their support partner Argent took advantage of a totally empty Torkan Tekaran and kept the weird bears from scoring the control objective. Yasarl, after a reactor meltdown, killed the Sardok there, took Lodor, knowing that their support partner could not easily take it away from them. Despite this, Yasaro was not able to score, resulting in a tight game with everyone at 3 or 2 points. The objective to flip was free tech specs, which seemed difficult and likely to cause conflict for most players. The agenda phase got gross when classified document leaks flipped with only one secret objective scored, giving everyone free riders. A leadership rider for Argent, a diplomacy and technology rider for Sar, and a galactic threat prediction and a sabotage politics rider for Necro. The third round began, with Sar immediately breaking support to take their planets back from Argent. Yasarl used a flank speed to sneak into Sar's home system, and immediately flipped Imperial to score six non-home planets, an error that the table did not catch. Winu piled on, destroying Sar's ships and dock on Mechatol, though Sar continued to hold the ground. Yasarl was kind enough to give Lodor back to their support partner. Necro found a maw of worlds, opening up their wild tech opportunities even more. However, no tech skips ended up changing hands, with the table preferring to score the established hegemony, public secret, objective instead. The final stage one to flip was to have a flagship or war sun, giving everyone a reason to beef up their plastic. In the agenda phase, swords to plowshares gave everyone extra infantry. Round four featured many players continuing to scan link their planets, hoping for some tech skip attachments and other goodies to help them out. Winu started the party by taking Aranam from Necro, making an example of that world in the process. Sar found Shard of the Throne with their home system already taken, but still had a vulnerability in Primor. Late in the round, Yasaro made a play for it. A huge battle ensued, with a flurry of action cards being traded, but Yasaro eventually emerged victorious. Yasaro then kept going for gold, trying to betray a friend against Necro, but having used all their combat action cards on the previous battle, was unable to prevail. In all the chaos, Necro paid Winu a support to fly a destroyer into them for tech, quite the reciprocation of the earlier deal. Yasaro finished the round at 9, with Nazaroka, Winu, and Argent all trailing at 7. Seven structures flipped as the stage 2, giving many interesting chances to win. The agenda deck continued its rampage with Ixfian blowing up Rex. Then, public execution was pinned on the speaker, Argent, apparently shattering their chances. Round 5 was full of opportunities for all the table. Nazroka started things off with an immediate hero pop, finding Crown of Amphidia with the tomb already in their grasp, teching to PDS2, and building more ships at home. Winu quietly popped tech to pick up fleet logistics, setting themselves up for a hero play on an exposed Mechatol. Sard then popped Imperial, picking up a Mechatol point that brought them to 5, but could not score a public objective. On their next action, Winu was able to successfully take Mechatol, but did so without making any new structures meaning they could only pop their hero to get to 9 with one secret in hand. 
Ysarl used Exploration Probe to find a Gamma Wormhole at last, and used Fleet Logistics to take Malice, with the Shards still in their grasp. Necro immediately pounced on the opportunity, and attacked them there, and the Alistar easily cleaned up, bringing them to seven. Argent tried to remove Nazroka's path by taking Cormund, which had a structure on it, but a clutch parlay kept the birds out and the PDS alive. However, Winnie would eventually finish the job, dashing Nazroka's chances at the stage two. Nazroka nonetheless continued their long and brutal leadership stall, eventually causing all but Necro to pass. As Nazroka was finally winding down their round, Necro assaulted Argent's home system with a flank speed, braved four PDS shots with the aid of a maneuvering jets, and infiltrated the PDS on Valk. This gave them five structures, and with a pop of construction, they were up to seven. Together with scoring become a gatekeeper from their earlier malice play, this gave Necro the victory. Congratulations to Keepsake on the win. This has been episode one of the Qualifier Report with Stats. Thank you all for joining me. A big thank you to everyone who helped me confirm the details of the games in this episode and all those who supported this behind the scenes. I'll see you next week with more exciting qualifier games to break down.